Black, black family need to tell me to hurry up and do this. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to get it going. Uh, hold on a second. Nope. That's for Black Truth. Don't win in hard on both Tucker and Donna Lemon. got squeezed. The fall of lemon. Maybe we should call him Pink Slip Lemonade from now on. Though that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, does it? I've said it a million times, but these bootlicks never get the memo. Bootlicking is a career path that doesn't come with a retirement plan, and yet they keep on trying it because being a bootlick is easy. Getting up off your knees and standing on your own two feet is hard. And bootlicks don't do hard work. That's why they're bootlicks. Now, before we get into Don Lemon's debacle, we have to observe a moment of silence for the end of yet another untalented cable blowhard who got every job he ever had because of his wealthy family's connections. Tucker the Sucker Carlson has been dropped by Fox News. Ever since Bill O'Reilly got himself canned for Improprieties too numerous to count, Tucker Carlson has been Fox News' main guy. But that's mostly because Tucker Carlson was willing to take the mostly over-the-top Fox News white nationalist rhetoric and kick it up a few notches. He was willing to engage all manner of openly racist dialogue. If Fox News wasn't a cable-based clapper and Carlson would have been gone a long time ago, it was just three years ago that the top writer for Tucker Carlson's show was caught flat-out posting anti-black racist messages online under a sock puppet account. This guy had worked for Carlson for four years at that point. But rather than condemn the little racist, Tucker Carlson instead shamelessly played the what about them game. He didn't have a word of criticism for his racist pal because the racism was the entire reason Fox hired him. Tucker Carlson has had a number of shows before he got on at Fox, and they all failed. Tucker was running out of time to try to make a name for himself. If he was going to make any sort of go with this whole media thing, he had to find something that worked. So having failed to be smart or be insightful or even be interesting, he did what the lazy always do. He played to the lowest common denominator in the room, and it doesn't get any lower than the brainless bigots who watch Fox. If ever there was a group who demanded to be lied to, it's them. As I detailed in my now classic video why Roger Ailes isn't going away, which is available to watch on this YouTube channel, Fox News is not some horrible media project gone catastrophically awry. It's exactly what it was designed to be. As far back as the late 60s, the Republicans have been looking for a way to go over the heads of the mainstream media and give their base the propaganda without having to go through a left-of-center-leaning media. So in the summer of 1970, H.R. Haldeman, who was then President Richard Nixon's chief of staff, came up with the idea to circumvent the media altogether and talk directly to the Republican Party's own voters. How? By creating their own TV network, basically GOP TV, all Republican all the time. Roger Ailes, who had been Nixon's media advisor during his 1968 presidential campaign, heard about this plot and offered a written proposal to helm the GOP network himself. Roger Ailes presented a budget for what he predicted the first year's costs would be and the ongoing costs after that. The idea never made it past the written proposal stage, and after Nixon was forced to resign from office, that was the end of the GOP formally seeking to create their own TV station. Though it wasn't the end of wealthy conservative white supremacists who would try to pull it off, Joseph Coors of the Coors Beer Brewing Dynasty used his wealth to fund groups like the John Birch Society and to create the Heritage Foundation. Joseph Coors was persuaded by one of his business associates to try to start a right-wing TV network in 1973. They called it Television News, or TVN, 
Now, this project actually did come into existence, albeit briefly. Its second year of operation, Roger Ailes was hired by TVN to be a PR consultant. TVN went out of business the very next year. But although its existence was brief, TVN would originate a number of the tropes and office culture that would come to typify Fox News 22 years later. Roger Ailes worked as a consultant for the GOP and their presidential candidates, and he even worked for NBC for a while. But he never forgot about the plan that he and Haldeman had hatched back in 1970. Roger Ailes also closely observed the rise of right-wing hate radio. Radio did a lot to help proliferate the racist messaging of the conservative movement. Right-wing blowhards took advantage of the fact that radio was already established nationwide, and a radio show was far cheaper to produce than television. The 1980s became the decade when racist rhetoricians like Rush Limbaugh, Neil Bortz, and others would aggregate the angry white right into an audience, all in one place. Oh, fun fact, some of you may remember that Rush Limbaugh had a short-lived TV show which ran from 1992 until 1996. It was basically a very cheap, unoriginal, low-budget summary of his daily radio show. And you won't be surprised to learn that the executive producer for Rush Limbaugh's TV show was Roger Ailes. And it was a good thing, though, that the show ended in 1996 because that was the same year that Roger Ailes got Rupert Murdoch to pony up the Capitol to start Fox News. Ailes was able to take the dynamic imagery of television, push the line of rhetoric that Republicans had been conditioned to want after 16 years of right-wing hate radio, and he merged that with his own raunchy sense of tabloid imagery, such as the thigh cam. And having female news anchors in particular, who wore high-cut skirts, they were usually blonde and young, hired for their looks, certainly not their intelligence. Ailes staffed Fox's male anchors with longtime right-wing radio hosts like Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity. This enabled Fox to take the audience that right-wing radio had gathered over the previous 16 years and to transition them smoothly over to Fox News. The people who had been gobbling up the racist filth on the radio could now see at least two of their favorite racist rhetoricians on television every weeknight. And best of all, they wouldn't have to moderate their racism one bit because the entire point of Fox News was undiluted hate speech. And they're not governed by the FCC because they're not broadcast, they're cable. The main problem that Fox News presented its detractors and opponents with was that they had a very large audience. And in a political sphere where television is king, you cannot dismiss that. Most of the money that these politicians raise for their political campaigns goes toward television ads. As a result, Fox News came into the world with millions of viewers right off the bat, more than its cable rivals like MSNBC and CNN. As a result of that, Fox News simply couldn't be ignored. Politicians and social figures who ordinarily would never talk to such an outfit didn't feel that they had much choice because they hoped maybe they'd be able to get some of their talking points out to the Fox News crowd. What these would-be educators of the white right utterly failed to understand or accept was that the Fox News viewers didn't want facts. Their minds, such as they are, were nailed shut a long time ago. The Fox News viewer does not and will never watch Fox News for facts or news. They watch Fox News for bias confirmation. They just want to see someone who puts on a phony show, acting like they're an objective news channel, but telling them that all of their anti-black racism and putrid prejudices are not only justified, but are popular with the rest of the country. It's a media form of wish fulfillment for racists. Fox News isn't a channel. It's a bubble. And Roger Ailes furnished that bubble with racist media fantasies and tons of angry invective. Fox is about one thing and one thing only. Ratings. 
And for them, that means getting their audience of racist rubes mad and keeping them mad. Play to their anger, stoke their rage, tell them black people are coming to take their country, and black people are committing crimes against them, etc. And then they propose ludicrous policies that are blatantly meant to target black people. And because Fox News talked to so many Republican politicians, that set the frame for what conservative voters wanted to hear from candidates. The tail was wagging the dog. Thanks to Fox News, the GOP voters didn't want their candidates to focus on economic issues. They didn't even want the usual racial code words anymore either. The days of Lee Atwater using taxes and school busing and crime and general code words were over. Now the GOP base demanded candidates who focused on attacking black people openly. And they wanted direct, in-your-face, anti-black rhetoric. They demanded it. Right-wing radio had spent a decade and a half feeding the base red meat. Now Fox News would feed them more red meat, and this time with barbecue sauce. The result of the Fox News effect has been to derange the political right. Once they had a place where they could see their most extreme and racist fantasies treated as if they were rational, that became a delusion, it became an addiction that they wanted to indulge over and over. The GOP politicians couldn't run on an actual effective policy platform anymore because the base had been conditioned by their favorite right-wing hosts on Fox to only want racist red meat. But what the base simply failed to understand was that the racist gibberish Sean Hannity spouted every night could never translate into effective policy. But it was what the base wanted now. They wanted to hear that, and truth be told, most of the GOP politicians agreed with it too in principle, even though they knew it could never be made to work. Fox News was supposed to be entertainment, meant to get their viewers to the polls. But what happened was that over time, the amount of racist rhetoric and phony threats necessary to motivate the base had to become more and more extreme. It was the law of diminishing returns. Fox News was no longer just bashing the political left anymore. Now they were an openly racial mouthpiece advocating for policies that weren't popular and weren't even feasible. And when the GOP base predictably couldn't deliver their base anything other than the usual tax cuts for the 1%, the political base became more irate. And in order to keep them from changing the channel, the clowns at Fox News had to go even more extreme with the rhetoric. And then in 2015, Donald Trump ran for office, and the normal Republican candidates were blown away completely because Trump understood how to talk to the Fox News crowd. Those ignorant racists didn't want sensible policy because they were too dumb to know what sensible policy is. So Trump didn't even waste time talking about policy. Instead, he just spoke to their anger. He insulted his opponents. He did all the things that Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and the rest of Fox News' on-air racists had done. Just excoriate anyone who disagrees with them. You don't have to be reasonable or rational or intelligent. Insults are the people show up for. The GOP contenders tried to be reasonable and intelligent, but their base had long since abandoned any desire for reason or intelligence. They were all about their feelings, mostly anger and fear. And when they had the prospect of somebody serving up the kind of slop that Fox News did every night being in the White House, they couldn't resist. When racist Megyn Kelly tried to challenge Trump, he went straight for the juggler, and the Fox News audience rather than excoriating and hating him for challenging a Fox News host, instead loved him for it. Rupert Murdoch and the leadership at Fox News didn't want Trump to be president, but the problem was their audience did. And when that audience saw how Fox News was clearly singling Trump out for attacks during the 2016 primary debates, the Fox News audience turned on Fox News.
That was a wake-up call for Rupert Murdoch and the boys. Their audience, the GOP base, didn't want the now-stale, old hate speech Fox News have been serving up. They wanted the newer, more extreme version that Trump was peddling. Not even a pretense of decency, which describes Fox News' audience perfectly. Tucker Carlson himself went straight to the most racist websites you can imagine for his nightly show. He was an unabashedly, obsessively racist mouthpiece. He understood and was more than willing to go over the top to keep that audience watching. Him. So whatever racialist crackpot nonsense was on the internet, Tucker Carlson would repeat it. Critical race theory, white replacement theory, whatever. And now we know that Tucker Carlson's own staff writers were in fact some of the racists that we see posting hate speech online. Tucker made it a point to have mass shooters like Kyle Rittenhouse on the air with him, beaming and smiling and celebrating a punk criminal who told lie after lie and who's only known for ambush shooting three people, killing two of them. This was what Carlson was promoting as the new red meat to serve to their audience. People forget that Fox News had originally tried to make excuses and run interference for the mass murder that Dylan Roof carried out. On their morning show, you had people like Steve Ducey saying it was astonishing that anybody thought it was about race. But they didn't quite have the nerve to celebrate a mass shooting. They would make excuses for it, but not celebrate it. Tucker Carlson, on the other hand, did. Though it's hard to think of how he could top that. What red meat could he possibly offer to his base that would be more extreme than celebrating Rittenhouse's mass shooting? Well, he did try. He defended the January 6th insurrection as being the proverbial normal tourist visit and telling everyone that if the white right doesn't get its way, then they're justified in overrunning the government and forcing their way on the society. Because they are the real Americans, and real means white. Just a day ago, Tucker was so powerful he could force the Speaker of the House to give him and him alone all the security footage from the Capitol on January 6th so that Tucker could cut and paste together a phony propaganda piece claiming the Capitol riot wasn't really a riot because the rioters didn't burn the Capitol down, I suppose. Tucker barked and McCarthy obeyed, not just because McCarthy has a spine made out of jello, but also because Fox sets the expectations for what the Republican voters believe, and Tucker Carlson's the one who set the standard for what Fox said. McCarthy is already on shaky ground. If Tucker Carlson had said that McCarthy was weak or needed to go, that Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor scream, or some other half-cocked right-wing nut in Congress would invoke their right to demand that he resign. And there would be a bunch of Fox News robots sending angry emails and phone calls and probably scoping out the Capitol to storm it a second time. Tucker Carlson became Stormfront on television. And he also became the most watched show on cable news, though I put news in quotes. Though I think it's worth mentioning that when Tucker Carlson got sued, his own lawyers were forced to admit in court that he's not news, and no reasonable person would ever think that he was. Well, that certainly describes the Fox News audience to a T, unreasonable and unthinking. What does that say that this uncharismatic gerbil was able to become the number one show in his genre simply by repeating openly racist hate speech? Tucker Carlson would set a new low bar for the kind of racist trash the Fox News audience would crave. One that made it where nothing short of open warfare would be acceptable for them. This was a problem for the GOP, but it was also a problem for Fox News, too. They had set in motion a vicious cycle. In order to keep their audience engaged, they had to increase the vitriol and the hate-mongering, and most of all, the anti-black race baiting, which made the audience demand a stronger dose on the next show, and so on and so on. 
And as destructive as this had become, Fox simply couldn't stop. They couldn't afford to. Their audience wouldn't take orders from them. Fox was no longer leading their parade of raging racist Republicans. Now the raging racists were the ones leading Fox. Like dealing with a rabid dog, if Fox News ever stopped serving their audience the ever larger, ever spicier doses of red meat, then their rabid audience would attack them. Fox had become trapped by the very monster they created. They programmed their audience to ignore reality and to have open, violent contempt for the facts. And if anyone refused to say what they wanted to hear, then Fox News said to attack them or ignore them or both. But Fox News never imagined that the audience they created and indoctrinated would ever do that to them until they did. And that's why when Fox News called Arizona for Joe Biden, the Fox News audience immediately changed the channel to Newsmax or something other than Fox. They did exactly what Fox News had programmed them to do. That's how Fox screwed themselves with an almost $800 million settlement that they have to pay. And they still have the Smartmatic voting machine lawsuit to look forward to, which is even bigger than the one that Dominion brought. Fox's formula to get them mad and keep them mad created an army of furious zombies, incapable of thought, though totally capable of violence, and unwilling to accept that they're wrong. Now, this is the part where normally somebody would say, if only Tucker Carlson would have told them the truth. Not about the 2020 election, but about the mountain of lies that Fox News has been spewing for over 25 years. But Tucker Carlson was never going to do that. Carlson had crashed and burned in every single TV show he ever tried to launch. He was television poison. His Fox News show is the first success that he's ever had, period. The man has zero wins. If it wasn't for the fact that he's part heir to a frozen food empire, he would have been put out to pasture a long time ago. Yes, Carlson can go play star over on his website, The Daily Caller, but it won't pay nearly as well as his Fox News gig did. The white right wing sheep who slurped up the sloppy spirit are telling themselves the same pathetic lies they said when Bill O'Reilly got canned. Well, now Tucker Carlson's free, and, and now he can go to, to, to Newsmax, or to OAN, or, 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 or to, to Newsmax, which are usually the only two options they can name, except those aren't really options. These rubes simply can't understand how limited the options are for a washed-up former cable racist blowhard. Newsmax and OAN cannot pay these guys what Fox News did, and neither Bill O'Reilly nor Tucker Carlson nor Megan Kelly or anyone else is looking to slum in a low-budget Fox News wannabe, which is what Newsmax and OAN are. Both of them have been dropped by their carriers. They're embroiled in lawsuits themselves over lies they told about the 2020 election. Even Fox News' own cast-offs aren't looking to join a sinking ship. Sure, the racist rubes are saying that they're going to stop watching Fox, just like they said they would leave when Bill O'Reilly was fired. These Fox News fanboys are throwing a tantrum because they're babies and Fox News has been coddling them and infantilized them and turned them into spoiled little violent children. There's few things more empty than a fanboy boycott. They'll be mad until the next Fox News replacement host spouts some hate speech about black people and then they'll be right back on board again. It's totally predictable. But nobody's going to quit working at Fox News in protest of Tucker Carlson being fired. First of all, because Tucker Carlson wasn't liked by anyone at the network, but also because look at what happened when Megyn Kelly and Bill O'Reilly got canned. Fox News and its brand of white nationalism is the star, not its on-air mouthpieces. 
The truth is, Fox News could only have been successful as it was because they had hundreds of millions in seed capital to build a high production value, slick looking, fully functional television entertainment station that had flashy graphics, a big sound stage, cute little news anchors to look at, and a serious presence in D.C. and New York, and more than enough money to stay on the air until they finally were able to turn a profit. Fox News was the triumph of image over substance. They knew what their audience wanted and they served it up. They acted like a big deal and they got treated like it as a result. But without Rupert Murdoch's billions, they could never have pulled it off. That's why none of these other Fox News wannabes have been able to duplicate Fox's success, because they look like Rush Limbaugh's crappy TV show from the 90s. I haven't talked too much about Tucker Carlson because he's a nobody and a nothing. He's documented as hating Trump, he said it himself, and yet he kissed Trump from behind on TV every night. Tucker Carlson doesn't have any principles other than self-preservation. And considering how lousy a job he had done making it in media before he got on at Fox News, he'll do anything to maintain his position. And he did, but he's totally replaceable. That was the lesson of Bill O'Reilly and Megyn Kelly. Without Fox News, you wouldn't even have remembered that Tucker Carlson ever existed. Nobody remembered that he was on Crossfire, except for the fact that Jon Stewart lit him up on his own show. Nobody remembers Carlson's mega-cringe-inducing appearances on C-SPAN, either. Tucker Carlson is as much an invention of Fox News as the shows they produce. He won't be having a fifth act, I predict. If Bill O'Reilly, who at least had some intelligence and charisma, wasn't able to reinvent himself after he got fired, he wasn't even able to make a comeback, then Tucker Carlson isn't going anywhere. And speaking of inventions of the white media, that brings us to Don Lemonade. At almost the same time news of Tucker's firing broke, the news also broke that Don Lemon had been fired by CNN. Interestingly, CNN says Don Lemon wasn't fired, he was released. Fox News, on the other hand, says Tucker Carlson they parted ways. Tucker Carlson's not saying anything at all. But Don Lemon sure is. He's saying that he was stunned when his agent told him he had been fired. Absolutely stunned. But you know who's not stunned? Who's not surprised? The new voices of black media. The black grassroots are not surprised at all. We haven't been merely predicting that Don Lemon was going to get the boot. We've been telling you this was going to happen for years now. Part of our job as the new voices of black media, as your black media, is to tell you what's coming before it gets here. Now to let the white media tell it, this all happened because people were angry at Don Lemon about a joke he made regarding Nikki Haley and older women and whether or not they age well, etc. Sure, there were some over-the-hill soccer moms who didn't like what Lemon said, but that was a tempest in a teapot. And to me, it smelled totally fake, like the phony outrage over Kyrie Irving. Not that I put lemonade in the same category as Irving. Don Lemon posted on Twitter, quote, I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to do the work I have loved at the network. It is clear that there are some larger issues at play. I guess that's him hinting that he's going to file a discrimination suit. He'll certainly be filing some kind of lawsuit because that's what all of these canned news anchors do. But I was amused at what he wrote. After 17 years, he said, see, this is the problem with bootlegs and a lot of black people in general. They think that by coming to work and working hard for their boss, that they're building up goodwill with their employer. They think that their employers care about loyalty. Lemonade shows that he has a child's idea of employer-employee relations, a really stupid child's idea. 
When you go to work for someone, especially a big employer, they don't care about you. As far as they're concerned, loyalty is a one-way street that only goes in their direction. As they see it, their job is to get as much profit out of you as they possibly can and then throw you away. See, Don Lemon was confused by the type of relationship he had with his white paymasters at CNN. But those white men who run that network, they weren't confused at all. For the record, the idea of the proverbial hard day's work is corporate propaganda. It's meant to make you think that working your butt off to make somebody else rich is something you ought to aspire to as a market character, when in actuality is a sign that you're gullible. It's precisely phony corporate propaganda like that, which is the reason that so many people think that when they go to work, they're making deposits into some invisible bank account of goodwill with their employer. The problem is the only one who gets to cash that account is your employer not you. 17 years, yeah, nearly two decades, and what did they do? They fired him through a third party without warning. What happened here was what was always going to happen. CNN issued a statement on this, and it was a masterpiece of backhanded compliments. They said that Don would forever be a part of the CNN family. Yeah, he just won't be a part of the CNN staff. So this was them going the extra mile to show their contempt, but somebody at CNN decided to go a step further. Their PR account on Twitter said that Don's statement of the events was inaccurate, quote-unquote. So that means they can see that at least part of what he said is true, they just won't say which part. Though they did claim that they offered him a chance to meet with management, but he chose to release a statement on Twitter instead. Meet with management? For what? Did they offer him this chance before or after they informed his agent to tell him he was fired? There's nobody to root for here. A bootleg working for a white media propaganda outlet? They deserve each other, but of course, these people can't stand one another to begin with. All this time, Don told himself that he was skillfully navigating his way around this white corporation. He had made scurrilous attacks on black people, he married a white man, and he did the most to make himself as non-threatening to white power as possible. He knew what it was that his white media paymasters wanted to see, what they thought was an acceptable black man to them, and that's what he did. As he saw it, he had played the game well for nearly 20 years because he was so smart. See, bootlicks are always telling themselves that they're the smartest person in the room, that their bootlicking and butt-kissing isn't subservient, servile, and pathetic, that instead, it's smart. The problem is that the rest of the black community, they just don't know how to work their way around the system, you know, like the smart bootlicks do. But like all of these clowns who think they're so smart, the only thing they do is outsmart themselves, which wasn't very hard. It's a lesson as old as white supremacy itself. In fact, it's older than that. The Europeans learned this tactic from the Romans, back when they were colonized and enslaved by the Romans. When white power is done with its tools, it breaks its tools. They don't have any permanent plans for any of these bootlicks, but apparently Don Lemonade thought he was special. Bootlicks usually do. He survived fully three separate purges that saw a number of black fixtures on white media cable unceremoniously shown the door, from roly-poly to Tamron Hall to Tiffany Cross-Eyes to others. Yep, I'll bet that Lemonade was thinking of himself as the Teflon Don, pun intended. Sure, he's got a few scrapes and a few close calls, but CNN got rid of Chris Cuomo. And there's always been more than a little whisper that Don might have been supportive of that move. Chris Cuomo certainly seems to think that Don has something to do with it. But the creeps who work in the white media are all liars and cutthroats, and as we all know, there's no honor among thieves. 
Don Lemon has spent a long time doing his best impersonation of an edgy black friend to white power. And as we all know, when you have some Negro who's trying to convince anti-black racists that he's cool, that means he'll engage in all the digs at black people that his wannabe friends don't think they can get away with. And he played so many anti-black tropes, it wasn't even funny. He carried all the white left's lines against us, and he did it shamelessly. He decided to, quote-unquote, come out as gay when it wasn't a secret to anybody. He did it because he was signaling loudly and clearly that if CNN was deciding that he was going to be part of one of those black purges, then he would just say it was homophobia. He saw all these other Negroes getting served their walking papers, and he didn't want to be next. We've known that the writing was on the wall for a long time, though. When CNN finally got tired of pretending that they wanted him to have his own show, they canceled that show, and they made him part of an all-female panel in the mornings. The scuttlebutt at the time was that maybe somebody not very smart at CNN Central thought that Don Lemon could be the network's answer to Gail King, but now that CNN has gotten the real Gail King to do a show for them, that was pretty much the last straw. CNN wanted Don Lemon gone for a while now, and they were looking for a plausible pretense to can him under, but personally I could care less about someone disrespecting Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is a stomped-down racist. She was a fierce supporter of the Confederate flag until the Charleston Church Massacre. Then, even with the eyes of the nation on her, it took her hours to finally get around to making a clearly insincere, empty statement, pretending to be sympathetic to the victims. And she wanted to make sure everyone understood that she had nothing but contempt for those murdered black people. But under those circumstances, she couldn't say that. So instead, she pretended to be a decent human being. But it's obvious this creep doesn't have much practice at that. Because just a few years later, as she thought she saw a chance to move on to higher office, she went on the Glenn Beck show and said what she really thought. She went right back to praising the Confederate flag all over again, saying that it symbolized service and sacrifice and heritage until Dylan Roof hijacked it. That's what she said. Hijacked it? The Confederate flag has only stood for a murderous racist regime whose very first act was a Confederate flag 150 years earlier. This is what Nikki Haley said, and yet the white media never brings this up. This is what should haunt her and dog her every step for the rest of her worthless life. She praised the symbol, the American swastika, which has only been used as a symbol of slavery, treason, and violent insurrection. And this is what she praised as a symbol of service? To who? The devil? See, whenever we're talking about Don Lemon and his jab at older women, this is what ought to be brought up. It's not Nikki Haley's admittedly decrepit, ugly old looks that people should be talking about. It's her decrepit, ugly, and old racial views that ought to be talked about. But Don Lemonade didn't dare do that. He knows he doesn't have enough rank, if you will, to call out racism, so he doesn't. His problem was he thought that he was one of the gang, that he had successfully insulated himself from being fired because he thought he successfully branded himself as LGBT. And CNN wouldn't dare want to take any heat for firing one of their only two LGBT anchors. Don Lemon thought that since Nikki Haley isn't white, that he could let his tongue get a little loose, and it would be cool. But that was exactly the opening that his white paymasters were waiting for. Will Don Lemonade be able to reinvent himself if the chances of that are even lower than they are for Tucker Carlson? Now, for non-black news anchors, they switch teams all the time. Allison Camerata, who was best buzz with Chris Cuomo, she was at Fox News for years before she aged out 
and had to go to CNN. Jake Uger of the Young Turks was an avid conservative mouthpiece, but he couldn't get any traction in that lane. It was too full. So he decided to cast a wider net. After all, 20 years ago, he was a young man trying to make a name for himself in media, and he tried to make a lane for himself as a left-of-center commentator. That worked. Same thing for the late Ed Schultz, by the way. He was a conservative radio host before he found out that the left media would pay him more. MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan is seen as a liberal firebrand. But 13 years ago, he had the complete opposite views. He had written a letter to the conservative UK tabloid, The Daily Mail, in which Hassan tried to get them interested in hiring him by touting his conservative Islamic views. He told the Daily Mail editors that he always admired the tabloids' boldness and their news values, and that he admired their relentless focus on the need for integrity and morality in public life, and their defense of faith in the face of militant atheists and secularists, and that he was also attracted by the Daily Mail's social conservatism on issues like marriage and abortion. Yeah, this is the same Mehdi Hassan. Well, he was writing all that before he was able to land a job on Question Time, which is owned by the left-leaning BBC. And that was what got him noticed by MSNBC, and he's been towing the line ever since. The point that I'm trying to get across to you is, of course, Tucker Carlson didn't believe any of the praise he was giving to Donald Trump. None of these people do. They're doing what they think is going to pay. These people you see in politics and the white media are nothing but pure opportunists. Shepard Smith spent years being the barely credible hard news guy at Fox News, and then he jumped ship to work at CNBC, and they canceled his show last year. So can Don Lemonade do the same? He's not one of them. If clowns like Roly-Poly and Amorosa are any indication, Don Lemon is most likely going to try to reinvent himself as a faux-militant black commentator of some sort. But the white media already has enough walking doorstops, and besides, his ratings were never any great shakes to begin with. Don Lemon could have helped himself out immensely by keeping his mouth shut. And I don't mean about aging non-black women. I mean about the black community in general and black men in specific. Ordinarily, I would say that I love drinking Don's tears, but I don't like lemonade. Though it shouldn't surprise anyone at all that he's this salty about being canned. After all, Lemons are naturally bitter. Good day, and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Marzine, Christopher Smith, Sharice Matthews, Rochelle Rollins, and Nancy. Salute to them, and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you.